Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Comedian Craig Ferguson performs live at the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in West Virginia on Saturday night. He joined me to preview his stand-up show and reflect on his time hosting The Late Late Show on CBS. Hello. Hey, Craig Ferguson. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in Washington, D.C. Well, it's very nice to be on WTOP in Washington, D.C. <laughs> we're talking. We should tell everybody we're talking because you are coming to well, not DC, but pretty close. You know, just over the border of Virginia, <clears throat> West West Virginia, at the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown races. I always get good acts in there, and you're the latest one. Uh, you're going to be coming this Saturday, November 11th at 8 p.m., and we're calling it the Fancy Rascal Tour. <laughs> what What's in the name? Why are you a fancy rascal? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I feel like I actually named it after my uh, my Jack Russell dog that I was uh, that I was talking to someone at the time. They said, what do you want to call the tour? And I just said, uh, uh, fancy rascal. Uh, the good thing about uh, what you have to do when you're choosing the name for a tour is choose something that's not going to annoy anybody. Um, and I think fancy rascals, you know, I can't imagine anyone being annoyed at that for some reason. But maybe, I don't know, we'll find out. No, it makes you smile. Wait, so just to follow up, are you saying that your your Jack Russell Terrier is named Rascal or he just remind you of a Rascal? He just reminds me of a Rascal. But, you know, that being said, I don't want to uh, elevate anyone's expectations. The dog will not be on stage. The dog ah. will not be on stage. <laughs> That's all right. Craig Ferguson is hilarious enough on on your own, my friend. Uh, well, Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't want to, you know, spoil any of your punchlines if people are coming to the show, but uh, we know there's no dog. Uh, but what, yeah, what what sort of, I don't know, what general topics or areas do we go into? Do we do any politi DC political stuff since you're close to DC or is it more stuff about no. your personal life, your own life? No, definitely no. I made a decision about six years ago, six or seven years ago, that I would no longer do any politics at all on stage. I, I got this. This idea. I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, probably not in DC, but I, 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 uh, I'm now even tired of listening to people I agree with. I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, and I think that what I wanted to do was create a show which was like it's 90 minutes long. It's anecdotal and it's personal, or it, or it's universal in its themes. You know, it's love, sex, death, the weather, family, whatever, and uh, food. But what it is not is not. It doesn't have any politics to it. So. All the stuff that you're angry about, you know, uh, when you get into the show, you, it'll all still be there 90 minutes later when you get out. But for 90 minutes, I'm not going to talk about it and neither are you. And, and it's about it's about taking a break, I think. I think what did you say? Love, sex, death, weather and food. There you go. That's the gamut. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> I love Pretty it. much, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Well, hey, whenever I have someone, you know, famous like yourself on, I always love to at least tell, tell, remind our listeners a bit of your origin story. I know you were born in the 60s in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, what, what, who were you, who were your like comedy idols growing up? Were there comedians? I guess back then would have been, you know, more stand up records or albums or, or even like TV sitcoms. You know what I mean? Like who were your, who were your comedy idols? Well, for me, the, the, the main one, the absolute one, was Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly is a Scottish comedian. He was making, Billy's about uh, 20 years older than me, and he was making albums, you know, uh, when I was a teenager. So I would listen to his albums, and they were the naughty albums. They were kind of like the Red Fox albums, you know, the albums <laughs> yeah. you had to be, you know, be quiet about and sneaky about because he said rude words and stuff. So you had to hide them from your parents only to find out later on that your parents were listening to the album too. So 
it was kind of uh, that was definitely it for me, uh, Billy Connolly, but also you know the the American stand-ups as well, Richard Pryor and uh, and Eddie Murphy and uh, Steve Martin and and the older ones, you know, uh, Bob Newhart. It, it kind of like the the idea of uh, of one person on stage, Joan Rivers as well, who is a fantastic comedian, maybe maybe the best I've ever seen. Oh yeah, absolutely. And rest in peace, uh, Joan Rivers. Um, wow, yeah, that's that's great to hear. Um, I love hearing your inspirations. Um, all right, and then remind. I mean, a lot of our listeners remember obviously from the Late Late Show, which from two thousand five to twenty fourteen. But remind us even before before then, like, how did you? I guess pivot from stand up to. And I guess you were on like the Drew Carey show and somewhat you know TV sitcom work too. But remind us sort of some of the the greatest Craig Ferguson hits <laughs> before you actually got the Late Late Show. Well, I don't know if there were of great many. <laughs> I don't <laughs> well, know if I'm that's saying a, they are, damn it. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I did the Drew Carey show and I did it for, like, that show was on for, uh, like, 10 years or something. It was a long time we did it. Uh, and I was, you know, working on that and doing independent movies at the time. And I wasn't really doing any stand-up, really, then. Right. I only started back doing stand-up when I, when I started back in late night in 2005. When I started doing the late night show, I thought, you know, if you look at the very early editions of that show, the monologue was very weak. You know, it was like, oh, my God, it was bad. And I took a lot of flack for it, for being for it being rubbish. And so I thought what I better do is I better go out and uh, and work. You know, I better, you know, get my chops back doing stand up. So that's when I started doing stand up again and started going back to the clubs and doing it. And and it was uh, it was a great way to kind of, you know, exercise to get you know, to get the monologue into place. And also I discovered that I loved it again. I mean, it was it was the first thing that I did, really, that I felt like I, I kind of, you know, I knew what I was doing. Because when I started out, you know, in performance, I was a drummer in punk rock bands. And, and you know, and punk rock at the time was like, was everything. You know, it wasn't just bands. It was like performances and like yeah. it was a whole scene. So so I ended up doing stand-up, you know, in punk rock clubs in Glasgow in the in the 1980s, which is a way to toughen yourself up for a rowdy crowd. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's good. I like to, I, our listeners will get a kick out of knowing that you were doing some in punk band stuff and, and that you really didn't even get into stand-up until around the time of, of the Late Late Show. That's, that's, that's cool tidbits. Thanks for that. Um, and I'm sure you have fond memories of, of that show. It had it had a long run, almost you know, what 2005 to 2014, almost yeah, almost a decade. Um, what was it like when you first got you know they that they told you you'd be replacing Craig Kilborn? Uh, I guess you and John Stewart have that in common, right? He he replaced Kilborn on the Daily Show, but uh, yeah, That's what was right. it, what, what was it like? Uh, you know, taking over for for Craig and all, and just and knowing you're going to be following David Letterman every night. I mean, that's 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 like all time like dream of a lifetime stuff. Yeah, it was it was uh it was an interesting time. It, it was I mean I I'm really glad I did it. It was very exciting to start out doing it. I, I but I also felt you know at the time I'm probably going to last a couple of months in this job before they realized they made a terrible mistake and. <laughs> And it took a, I I just kind of like it's such a machine doing late night. It kind of sucks you in, and you you end up. It's just like every day, every day, every day. You have to do the show, and and it kind of. I'm glad I did it. I'm really I'm really glad I did it, and I'm very proud of the shows that we did. But I'm glad I don't do it anymore as well. It, it's a lot. It kind of takes over your life, and 
uh, the amount of time I did it, I, I was happy about it, but I'm glad not to be doing it anymore. So it was, you love so many aspects of it and it was great for your career and, and celebrity, obviously, but, but it was a bit of a grind, you say, to, to, to do it every day, night in, night well, out. Well, you know, when I was, when I was a kid in punk rock bands, I used to always say, you'll never get me wearing a suit and sitting behind a desk. And then lo and behold, they, they did, they did get me wearing a suit and sitting behind a desk and, <laughs> and, uh, and I did it for 10 years and that's enough. Yeah, but you know what? Sitting in a suit behind a desk on a late night show is it's a little more punk rock than just, you know, at an office cubicle. So you're all right. You know what I mean? It, 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 you Thanks were, for you, saying that, man. You I were really great appreciate at it. it. You it were great. That helps with my self-esteem. Thank you. That's <laughs> why we had you call in. We were like, he probably needs a self-esteem boost. <laughs> I do. I do need a self-esteem boost. That's why, you know, performers are needy people. That's why I go on stage all the time. I need some sort of validation. That's also why you should never ask... Uh, performers questions they're not qualified to answer because they they're so needy they'll answer them anyway and then everyone makes a <laughs> fool of themselves absolutely well of course i'm joking you're the star here we our listeners are, are listening to you for a bit of a pick-me-up so their own self-esteem boost so you know what I mean? you're, <laughs> you're the one leading the show here i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Uh, but hey, uh, I do want to know, I mean, you said it was a bit of a grind, but but do, do you did you have any I don't know favorite bits or you know recurring sketches or kind of stuff that you I mean you said the monologue was was hard for you at first but I don't know what what were your favorite bits that you would do on the late late show well it's, I mean it's hard to say I mean, you, I mean there's like 2,000 plus hours of that show I mean yeah. it, it's it's hard to kind of single it out the 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 guests I guess is some of the things that I remember about you know I mean that doing the episode that won the Peabody Award, the you know the uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu when he came on and we did a whole episode about South Africa, yeah. that was a that was a real high point. That's not something you don't expect to end up doing. And and uh, you know there was there are a few bits and pieces, but I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be that. Actually, it would probably be the the uh, the Archbishop Desmond Tutu thing. Absolutely. That's good to know. And 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 aside from that's like your proudest moment. Was there any any guest? And by the way, I, I hate it's so hard when people even ask me this, too. Like, who's your favorite interview? Because like you're saying, you do it every day. And so you're like, I, they all run together. But were there anywhere you were like, you know, childhood Craig Ferguson? I can't believe I'm interviewing this person right now. Probably a lot. But were there any one or two that really come to mind? Yeah, well, I guess the ones that the you end up being friendly with is are the are the the maddest ones, like the or the most kind of memorable things, like Robin Williams, who uh, I I idolized when I was younger, and and Robin came on, and we became friendly after he was on the show, and he was on the show a lot, and that was fantastic, and also Billy Connolly, I mentioned before, and yeah. Betty White, who became like a regular, like every couple of weeks on the show who was fantastic and just wonderful. And so these icons that you grow up with that turn into human beings as they, as they sit across from you, it's a, it's kind of a, it's a fabulous thing. It also kind of demystifies the whole idea of 
celebrity and stardom and stuff like that, which I think is healthy. I think that uh, I, I certainly think we could use a little more demystification of that kind of thing. Oh, I, I agree. Well, that's what we're doing right now. We're demystifying you. <laughs> hey, yeah, I don't think I, there's I'll... a lot of mystery about me, but thanks for saying so. <laughs> I'm curious about, I mean, we mentioned all the people that you demystified and rest in peace, Betty White and Robin Williams. And man, just legends, legends. Uh, but I'm curious about your your interview style with them. Like we ha we've I've asked several people. I, I, I asked Dick Cavett about it, and he said he went from over preparing to later in his life being more of a, you know, spontaneous in the moment. I interviewed Jay Leno. He said that he would like to go in the dressing room ahead of time and sort of give people a heads up like, hey, Hugh Grant, I have to ask you about this. So just so you're not blindsided. Larry King never prepared a damn question. Letterman had his own style. But what about for you? Like, uh, you know, did, did you have were, were you more of one or the other of the sort of the strategies I mentioned? Uh, I, I think that what I did is, uh, you, like you mentioned what Dick Cavett did there, and I think that's probably the trajectory that I followed. At first, I kind of overprepared. And then I realized that that, that was a way not to have a conversation with someone. Right. But if I had prepared a conversation, then I had, you know, I, I, I had an agenda of where I wanted it to go. And that's not... That, look, if you're interviewing someone about politics or about a particular topic, that makes perfect sense. But if you're just talking to someone on a late night show, that doesn't make any sense at all. Not to me, anyway. So I uh, I ended up not uh, preparing at all. Uh, right up to the point like when it was a movie star on and they say, well, you have to watch the movie first. I would say, nah, I'm not going to watch the movie because if I watch the movie or I read the book or I hear the album, then I'm not going to... No, I, I mean, I'm going to be in the know about it and I want to be someone that doesn't know about it so that they're talking to someone who doesn't know anything about what they've just done. And, you know, some people thought that that was a lazy way of doing it. But <laughs> I, I genuinely, you know, that was the philosophy as I should be talking to you about it the way everybody else is going to hear it, which is, you know, we don't know anything about it yet. I haven't seen the movie. Neither is anyone else. Right. Um, like an audience perspective. That, yeah, right. Exactly. And I think that the uh the benefit i had in late night as well is that i hadn't been trained i hadn't been trained in media or journalism or anything and i i think that kind of worked in the environment i was in i'm not a journalist i'm not i'm not good at it i don't i don't have any training in it so i wasn't trying to be a journalist i was just you know being someone who was talking to someone else that was it Right. Uh, no, I think it worked out for you. And yeah, I think I think it's sort of like a happy medium, at least my theory is like it's sort of nice to have a couple, you know, maybe bullet points in your head of things, you, maybe a basic blueprint of maybe things you want to talk about. But but you can't be so beholden to that. You have to kind of just let it free flow. And if the if you say if Craig Ferguson says something hilarious about his Jack Russell, you we got to go off on a tangent on that. You know what I mean? Like you just have to be in, improvisational within within your blueprint, I guess. Uh, I think uh, that's right. I think I think if you're having a conversation with someone it's probably a good idea to listen to what they're saying i think that that and i think if you over prepare then you know the danger is you're you're not listening to them you're thinking about the next thing you're going to say which to be fair that's a lot of conversations in life anyway <laughs> yeah, but exactly. you know but i don't i don't want to do that 
Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I've enjoyed sort of the free-flowing nature of this. Before we run, say some positive words about your, your, you know, Craig Kilborn, the guy you took over for, and maybe even what you thought the strengths of your your successors were, James Corden, and 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 excited for Taylor Tomlinson's taking over, I guess, the slot uh, in 2024, early next year. Do you have any, you know, if you can compare sort of the strengths, I won't, won't make you do weaknesses, <laughs> but yeah, the strengths of the, the guy who preceded you and the people that are following you. I don't think it's seemly for me to comment on people that, you know, that are doing the job. I think that that's, that's kind of somebody else's job. I'm not a pundit. Uh, I know it's a hard job and I know that it, it requires a lot of your time. And I, anyone who does it has my respect because you don't get a, you don't get the, you, you can't phone it in. Uh, you you got it. You're going to turn up and do it. So um, I, anyone who does it, I wish them well. Way to diplomatically pivot out of it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what what that's called is I'm not answering your question, but I'm not <laughs> going to be rude enough to say I'm not answering your question. <laughs> and I wasn't rude enough to say you must answer it. So th- we're, yeah, I'm glad well, we're, I'm, we're I'm both not, dancing not, around this. <laughs> you're not a cop, so I don't have to answer your question. I love it. I love it. I love it. No, it's it's interesting. The, the hey here here in DC, we're having a you know a, we're having a hard time with the peaceful transfer of power. So I was curious your thoughts on peacefully transferring the. That power of late night hosting, but that's okay. You know? <laughs> uh, hey, uh, real quick, uh, final seconds. I, I we have to cover your your post late late show era. Uh, host, you won two daytime Emmys, I believe, hosting Celebrity Name Game. Uh, for at least three or four years, I think 2017. Uh, how fun was it going into sort of the the game show hosting realm? I love doing that. I love doing game shows because I'm also not trained in that either. So all I have to do is is turn up and play the game. I don't know who's going to win, and I kind of like that. It's a kind of free... It's really fun, actually. It's a really fun thing to do. I can, I really enjoy it. And it's uh, it requires not a great deal uh, from the audience. And, and really, in a way, if, if you enjoy yourself and just, like, run the game, it doesn't require a lot from me either. All I have to do is enjoy myself and play the game, and I love doing that. I, I found it a joy. I'll do it. I'll do that again. Uh, I, I really like that. What would be your idea? Speaking of just letting the conversation go wherever I have, have qu- now questions I had totally not prepared. <laughs> what would be your ideal game show, like dream gig? I know Drew Carey, your old pal from the show, has got prices right on lockdown. But what would be the game show that you always loved that you'd love to host? Uh, I don't know. I like the ones where you talk to the contestants a lot. Jay's doing uh, You Bet Your Life. And I think that's a yeah. great format for a show. There was... Uh, there's a, there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of old formats that I think are good, but I think I think game shows. I did one for a while on uh, on ABC called The Hustler, which was a fun one to do as well. We did that for a few seasons, which was a real kind of that contestant participation type of a show, and I enjoy that. That's kind of cool. Gotcha. And sort of final seconds, uh, scripted series, either either TV shows or movies. Oh, I'm just spitballing now. I would love to hear what you what cracks Craig Ferguson up. Like, do you have all time favorite comedy movies? You know, Mel Brooks, whatever. I don't know. Like, what what are your what's your like all time? Like, I can always return to this comedy classic movie and it gets me in stitches every time. Talladega Nights, the, re- the legend of Ricky Bobby, perhaps <laughs> the greatest movie ever made. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's so great. All right, we'll leave it there. Hey, uh, thanks so much for joining us, Craig Ferguson. Again, everyone, uh, check him out this Saturday at Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in, in West Virginia. Uh, fancy rascal tour. No dog, but you you will be the fancy rascal yourself. I'll be there. All right. Hey, thank you so much for doing this. I had fun. Thanks, man. Thanks for talking to me. See ya. See ya. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.